Good morning, everyone. Wow. <laughs> I loved what Linda said this morning about how no matter where you are, God wants to refresh you. And that word from Peter wasn't that straight from the Father's heart. Every single one of us needs to take that word this morning. That is for everyone here. There's nobody that that word excludes that Pete's given this morning. I really, really do feel this morning that this is a time of refreshment. This is a time for you. This is a time the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you and work in your heart deeper. He wants to connect with you in a deeper way. And that's good. You know, I'm so proud to be part of a church that loves the community and that reaches out and that does things. And to do that, though, we mustn't be afraid to come to God just for ourselves, to get refreshed, to get renewed, to feel his presence. Because if we do that, then we're going to be even more effective. But we just need to come to him sometimes, don't we, just to get refreshed. And uh, it's the Holy Spirit that does that. And today we are thinking about the Holy Spirit. The bigger theme is God is united. And my bit today is about the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to start with how he's united. If we could have the first um, slide, John. John's done a cracking job here because I didn't even send them ahead this week. We've put them all in this morning. So, brilliant. God is united. I can't describe the Trinity to you. We know from our Bibles that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yet, they're the same, and yet they're persons, but it's one God. And we all know, or perhaps we don't all know, but it's a very famous declaration in Deuteronomy um, and in Matthew 12 that's quoted, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And yet we know them as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But I love this image simply because it's, it's a heart. And because something that unites them is that love. The love that God has for each and every one of us. That's what unites the Trinity, that heart of love. They are united in love. They are united in purpose and in character. So I just wanted to sort of bring up a few wrong ideas that we have. I know that for a long time I did not see Father, Son and Holy Spirit as being the same. I didn't see that. I actually had the kind of classic worldly concept, if you like, of God as this old man with long white hair and a beard with a thunderbolt in his hand, just looking to see who's going to get zapped next. That was the concept that I had, and that somehow Jesus was a bit more friendly than that, and he would kind of protect me, you know, if I prayed to him, that he'd sort of like say, no, 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 you know, it's okay, that person's prayed and he'd sort of protect me. And I had this idea that the Holy Spirit was a bit, well, if you're a Star Wars fan, I suppose a bit like the Force. You know, not a person, but a kind of force, 
a kind of weird sort of, I don't know, but not a person anyway. Um, and I mean, that's just not the case at all. It is not the case at all. Um, Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are like each other. Could we have the first two scriptures, um, please, John? Jesus said that he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. And there's another um, scripture, which I haven't got on there, but it says that he was the express image of the Father. So if you see Jesus, you actually see the Father. And he said that to them as well, didn't he, quite a few times. You've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They're exactly the same. And then the Holy Spirit, John 14, 16, is the next one. This scripture here, where Jesus said he's going to send the Holy Spirit, then when it says another, in the Greek that means, that word for another means one exactly like me. So the Holy Spirit isn't different to Jesus in character or in purpose or in love. Jesus isn't different to the Father in character and purpose and in love. They are united. Okay. Now, they are united in loving us. And when we receive that love, like I said before I started, that's a kind of catalyst, really, for getting us to share that love with other people. You cannot give away what you don't have. You can't give away the love of God unless you have experienced it. And um, the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to give you that love. Could we have John um, 37, sorry, John 7, 37 and 8. Yeah. Um, the one where Jesus is saying, if you're thirsty, come to me. And he says that he'll give us, from our innermost being, rivers of living water. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the love of God flowing out toward other people. And that's what we need. We need to receive his love so that it can well up from inside of us and out to other people. There's another one, Romans 5, 5, where it says that his love has been shed abroad or poured out in our hearts. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, to download that love to you and to enable you to have that love well up inside of you. And sometimes you can experience that. I mean, you know, it may be someone that you know, it may be someone you've not long met, but sometimes you can experience and actually feel that love, that love of God welling up inside of you. And if you do, that's the Holy Spirit, and he will want you to minister to that person. And uh, I remember when we met someone at, at our other church, and I didn't know her, but she spoke to me, and as soon as she spoke to me, I could feel the love and the compassion of God just welling up and flowing up towards this person. And um, so we just had a chat, but when I went home, you know, God showed us some things to do and ministered to her. So watch out for that. It's awesome when that happens. 
Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, you're not doing that all of the time, but there are just special times sometimes. Um, you might just be surprised by it sometimes. I once encountered um, a homeless person, and, and again, this just welled up inside, and I started to speak to him, and anyway, then I went in the shop, came back out, and it ended up that we sat on the curb, and I was telling him about Jesus, and I prayed with him and everything, and it was just awesome, but, you know, that, that's quite unusual. But that love should be operational in our lives the whole time. We need to draw on the love that the Holy Spirit's pouring out in us. Now, the, um, the interesting thing is, and I hadn't really thought about this a lot before, but the interesting thing is that Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit are so united that even Jesus, who was perfect, who was sinless, received the Holy Spirit before he began his ministry. And I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. For 30 years, he stayed with Joseph and Mary, learnt the trade, submitted himself to them. I mean, can you imagine knowing that you were God? He knew, I mean, he must have known. He knew that he was the Messiah, and he waited till he was 30 years old and then he received the Holy Spirit, Matthew 3, 16, 17. I mean, you can read about this in, I think, probably all of the Gospels. But the account is that he went to John to be baptised. I mean, that again is pretty awesome, isn't it? He submitted himself to John the Baptist to be baptised. And as soon as he'd done that, John, it says, John saw the Spirit of God... Um, descending and lighting on Jesus. And he actually received the Holy Spirit in a new way. I mean, I don't, I don't fully understand this because obviously he'd been communing with his father for his whole life on earth. But he received that empowerment from God, even Jesus, who was so perfect. And the other thing about it is as soon as he received that, God affirmed Jesus' identity and said, you are my son, and I take delight in you. I'm pleased with you. And that is another job of the Holy Spirit. We've heard a lot, haven't we, about realizing who we are, that we are sons and daughters of God. No matter how much we fail, no matter how imperfect we are, we are God's children and that is how he sees us. And we, if Jesus needed his identity affirmed, and if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, then I think we do. I think we need those things. We need a deeper work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to know that we are sons and daughters of God. And I do believe God wants to begin a deeper work in us today in those respects, a deeper experience of his spirit, a deeper revelation that we are sons and daughters of God. Now, prior to all of this, the Holy Spirit was on the earth, but he wasn't permanently on the earth. 
he came to Jesus. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came permanently to dwell in us and with us because of the cross. And that's clear um, in, I think, is it the next scripture, John, please? I won't quote the reference because I've got lost here again. Okay. Well, I need to take it off, Nida. Turn it off. Yeah. Okay. I'm on now. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no, that's not the one. I must have given John the wrong reference there. Um, there is a scripture that tells us, I'm sure I can find it here. Yeah. The scripture I quoted you about the living water, after that, Jesus said, he was speaking, it says, Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him as saviour were to receive. The Holy Spirit had not yet been given, that means permanently, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He hadn't yet been to the cross. So though the Holy Spirit always interacted with people, in the Old Testament, he didn't permanently dwell on the earth and he didn't dwell in people in the way that he does today. All that happened because of the cross. Okay. And I think the Holy Spirit is, outside of the cross, the biggest and most wonderful gift God has given us because he dwells with us all of the time and he never goes away. Once the spirit was given, it won't be taken away. So, how can we know and recognize the Holy Spirit in our lives? Well, he dwells in our born again spirit. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in our born-again spirit. And in a way, it's kind of our job as Christians to catch up with that and to realize that. Because we do tend to live according to our souls, really, don't we? We tend to live according to what we feel, according to what we can, uh, our five senses, if you like. We tend to live according to what's going on with us in our soul, that's our mind, our emotions, our will. And we kind of forget very easily that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us. I, I mean, I'm, I don't totally get that, I'm, I'm absolutely certain. But I do find it helpful if I'm not quite as I should be, you know, to say, I'll say to God, well, for example, thank you God that you love that person, perhaps if someone's upset me or something. Thank you, God, that you're loving them right now. Thank you, God, that my born-again spirit is just wanting that person to know you. And I find that's really, really helpful, but I have to kind of deliberately connect with it. And I find after a time that then 
things are set right. So that's that's one way. Um, drawing on that love, as I say, that he sheds abroad in our hearts. Knowing that he'll never, ever, ever, ever leave. And knowing that his aim, first and foremost, is to love you and have that relationship with you. Now, each of us, I believe, are given a little bit of God's heart. And it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the ministries and the giftings that we receive. Um, now, sometimes, because he's in our spirit, he doesn't dwell in our soul. We get our soul in line with that as well through renewing our mind with the word. But because he's in our spirit, we don't always realise that God is perhaps prompting us with some gifting or to do something. I mean, I think about the cafe, for example. I can remember when that was just an idea. I can remember Trish telling me about it. Oh, I'd love there to be a cafe. We want a cafe. And there wasn't a cafe then. That began as a desire, a vision, if you like. And it was of God, wasn't it? We've got it now, and it, it's absolutely awesome. Um, and God will give you a desire, and it might be something more simple. Many, many years ago at our other church, I had this kind of... Um, I, I, I sort of was like made friends with some ladies that I kind of supported. And one day, God said to me, I want you to get this lady a book. And I know it sounds crazy now. It would be nothing now. But then I was like, get her a book? That's, um, that's a bit embarrassing. I mean, you don't just go and buy somebody a book just out the blue like that. You know, it's not her birthday. It wasn't Christmas. It was obviously, you know, it was a Christian book to help her in her walk. And I thought, no, I can't do that. Anyway, of course, I did do it. And out of that desire to do that, was it, I know I'm saying I didn't want to do it, but deep down there was a desire to do it. Um, and that desire prevailed. And out of that, there grew a kind of a ministry, if you like, of being able to get the right resources for the right people at the right time. And it was fairly awesome. And one time, God even told me to buy a book. I had no idea it was who it was for. And so I just got this book. And then a few months later, someone came on the scene and it was perfect for that person. And this was, you know, became quite a thing. And it all grew out of that one time when I got that desire. And um, there was a time here um, when I was grooming mobile, I met a soldier. He was um, gardening at the time for a client whose dog I was grooming and he was he was a really lovely man and we used to chat and everything and he was going to go to Afghanistan on uh, bomb disposal and uh, the one time I went over there was a time I did not want to go I really really felt not good that day and I was beating myself up on the way over there thinking I should have had the bottle to phone up and say I wasn't coming and then I thought, well, do you know what? I'm on my way now. So I said to God, I'll tell you what, just turn it to good. And that day I ended up to chatting, chatting with that soldier all about the Lord. And he was so open. It was just amazing. And then what I did, because I knew he was going to Afghanistan, and he was open, really open about the Lord. Dear Phil, Pat Grant's husband, 
I wasn't on Google then or Amazon, but I said to Phil, I need a book about a soldier. I need a Christian book about a soldier. I can't find one anywhere. And of course, Phil, the very next week, he came along with this amazing book written by a soldier. And uh, I gave that to, to Richard, this, this man, and gave him a Bible with Psalm 91 in it about protection. And he was just over the moon. And he said to me, if I get back from Afghanistan, I'm going to get christened, was how he put it. And he was on a journey with God. And all that came out of a desire. Now, it may be God's given you a desire. It may be the Holy Spirit's given you a desire to do something. And you're not quite sure that it is God. If, if that's your position today, will you pursue that today? Will you go and pray with someone afterwards? Because you will be amazed. It might be something simple. I mean, sometimes... I had a desire just to cook some meals for a lady who was going through a bad time and a lot's come out of that. It, you know, it, can be, it doesn't have to be anything massive. It could just be a desire to phone someone or text them and tell them that you care about them or that God loves them. But you know, those desires are from the Lord. And if you have a bigger desire, talk to someone about it today. It's the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. Because he's in your born-again spirit, he doesn't speak with a booming voice and say, Trish, set up a cafe. No, he gives you a desire. He joins with your spirit. And he gives you a desire to do something. That's the Lord. That's the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I, I also just want to um, talk a little bit as well about just having a deeper experience of the Holy Spirit as well. As I say, even Jesus needed that. Even Jesus needed it and wanted that and spent so much time communing with his Father. If you have got the baptism in the spirit which I know a great many of us do then perhaps you've been like I was a while back and I neglected that I didn't well there were, there were many reasons for that and uh, but I neglected it anyway if you've got the baptism in the spirit rekindle that gift I want to put a desire in you to rekindle that because that's the source of your gifting. Um, and for your own, it, it says that when we pray in tongues, that it's rest and refreshing to us. That's in Isaiah. It says we're speaking wisdom in a mystery when we speak in tongues. That can help us with our own lives. You can ask God when you pray in tongues to interpret for you. That The problems that I've had solved, because I've prayed in tongues and just said to God, give me wisdom and interpretation, and you know, it might not be at that minute when you pray it, but the wisdom will come. Um, it also says that if you pray in tongues, it builds you up, it edifies you, it causes you to grow. So I would encourage you, if you are baptised in the Spirit, to rekindle that gift of tongues and use it every day. You might not see anything happen immediately, but I promise you that to do that, you have to go from the natural realm of your soul you have to go into the, the realm of your spirit because to your mind, it's just, well, it's nothing, is it, to your mind? Your mind doesn't understand it. So I would encourage you to rekindle that. 
If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please begin um, to think about that and to seek that. Um, there are people who can pray with you to receive it. I'm one of them. Um, Carly is. She's not here at the moment. There are others. Um, so do begin to seek that. And do not decide that you are not worthy to receive anything from the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know if I've missed some out, John, but could we have Mark 2.22? I probably have missed some out because I've been watching the clock. Okay. I know I've heard it said in this church, I've heard it said that people feel they can't receive the baptism of the Spirit because they are not worthy. You are not meant to be worthy. You cannot be worthy. It's impossible to be worthy. Yeah? I think we all know that, don't we? We know we're not worthy. But that does not have to stop you. This scripture about the wineskins, the wine is the Holy Spirit. The old wineskins that burst is the law, is performance-related. That's what makes us feel unworthy. And Jesus says, I can't give you the Spirit if you're obsessed with thinking you've got to be worthy, thinking you've got to earn it, you've got to be good enough, you've got to be holy enough. No, it doesn't work like that. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The new wineskin is the new covenant established by Jesus on the cross to say, I've fulfilled the law for you. I've done all the performing. You are free to receive my blessings. Okay. So do not decide that you can't receive today, whether it's you've got a desire that you want to see fulfilled that you've realized is the Lord, whether it's you want spirit baptism or you just want to start seeking it, or you just simply want a deeper experience you know it, it if you're not ready to receive spirit baptism that's fine god still wants to minister just to you today he really really does he wants to refresh and renew you today so don't think to yourself i'm not worthy we already know that we've been there done that forget that god's into giving gifts because of the cross and the other thing is about it Another reason you can't say you're not worthy is because it is an inheritance. When somebody dies, Jesus died, he gave us an inheritance, and that inheritance is the Holy Spirit to be with us forever. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? That's your inheritance. I've had my inheritance. My mum gave us ours early. Do you know what? My mum and dad worked their socks off for my inheritance. I didn't have to deserve it. I didn't earn it. Andy's had his as well. Our parents did that. They didn't say, oh, well, I don't think you can have it because, you know, you're not worthy. You haven't earned it. No, your inheritance, you get it anyway, don't you? It's your inheritance, you don't have to work for it. And the Holy Spirit is also referred to as our inheritance. Every spiritual blessing is our inheritance. Okay, so I really do hope that today 
you will perhaps come forward for prayer or spend some time now with the Lord, even if it's just to let him tell you again that you are his, that you are his child. That word Peter gave was absolutely wonderful, that he knows, you know, that, that it might be just that. He knows my name. He loves me. I am his child. Perhaps you have a desire that you've been wondering, is it God or not God? Come and have some prayer about it. Come and talk about it. If you are ready to receive the, the baptism, then receive it today. If you just want to begin a journey of seeking, that's fine. But God wants to touch each and every one of us today. So just to finish, um, I don't think I, I made John load all these scriptures and images in, and then I haven't used them all. <laughs> but just to finish, you know, I, I'm always on about the Amplified Bible, aren't I? You know, you probably get sick of hearing about that. But if you look up Hebrews 13:5 in the Amplified, it is absolutely awesome. The one about "I will never leave you nor forsake you." And it goes on about how he will never leave you without support. He will never, it really kind of expands it. How it's unthinkable that God would ever depart from you in the smallest degree. It's just absolutely awesome. I would encourage you to look that up in the Amplified, telling you that there is no way, it is so emphatic, there is absolutely no way that God will ever abandon you. It's the Holy Spirit that dwells with us now, in us, always. And he will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. Not even if you go off the rails, and that's my testimony, as you know, when I was away from God, he never, ever left me. And at times I was thinking, he's going to go now, he's going to go. Never did, ever. The Holy Spirit loves you, he's in you, and he wants to minister to you today. I think the group's going to come back up, play us some music. Um, I know Pete and Chris are going to be over there. If people want to pray, um, want some prayer, just come and be touched again by God, even if it's none of the things I've said. Just come and just be blessed and receive from the Lord. Amen.